Hey, what's going on, everybody? What's going on, all of you Mukai tears out there? All of the sweet, sweet brentologists, you Mukuleles, you, uh, you fun and wild League of Extraordinary Brentlemen. How are you all? I'm doing good. I forgot that my other computer isn't on, so I'm turning it on now so I can look up other stuff later on. It's been a, it's been busy. It's been busy. Let's get that out of the way, shall we? It's been. Whew, it's been busy. I uh, I started doing this thing called uh, What I Did Today, hashtag What I Did Today. Uh, I'm cleaning up as I'm going. Uh, <laughs> I started doing this thing, and I, I started realizing, realizing just day to day how much I do. So in, in this, if you don't follow me on any of the social media stuff and you get your, your uh, you, ju- you only like me on the podcast format, then uh, for one, you're deeply fucking up because I'm I'm putting out funny stuff. I'm putting out things that'll brighten your day. So go ahead and follow me on on whatever social media you are in. I don't know. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter. So I'm, I'm sure that unless you're a uh, hundred and five years old, that you're on at least one of those. So uh, I, I started putting out. Uh, this series called What I Did Today, hashtag What I Did Today, and all I do is I talk about what I did that day, and um, I'm noticing I pack my days. My days are full of shit. Like, there's rarely a day where I'm just sitting around doing nothing, which is kind of cool, but now the now the trick is, like, my days are busy, and, and I'm also starting to see how much I'm fucking around. Like, if I, if I talk about, like, oh, I, I, you know, I did this, and I did this, and sometimes it's like, well, couldn't I have done more? You know, it's like I'm auditing now how much I am doing versus how much I still could be doing. Uh, and to a lot of people, I think, I think a lot of people are like, you're doing a lot, and it's, and that's fine. But like, I want so much, and I, I have, I have such big ambitions. Like, you know, let's talk about that, huh? I don't know that I've talked about what I actually want, so let's get clear. Let's get clear and concise. Goal setting, the first rule is get specific with the goals. Here is my goal. Here is the ultimate, right? Here is the ideal life that I have for myself. <clears throat> let's start with this. Uh, voice actor, right? So I, I, I'm, I mean voice actor, improv trainer, entertainer. Here is the life that I would like to live. I would like to <clears throat> be able to get to LA, right? Live in California comfortably, not like scraping by and uh, uh, struggling as as it it you know I'm I might have to eventually do when I do make the move over. Um, I'd like to do that within the next few years as I build my voiceover business. I I think that that'll be an important choice. I missed moving in my twenties. So that's the thing, right? It's like move when you're young. In the voiceover world, though, like it, what's cool is that my voice is my voice. So I sound younger, and so that's not going to change. Like, like that doesn't matter at all. Um, it's not like being on camera and like you know, if I was 35 and moving, I think I'm. I, I can almost guarantee I'll, I'll be in California before I'm 35, uh, if everything goes according to plan. Which we all know that doesn't ever happen, right? Plans never fully work out, but the loose plan is get to California, uh, be working in LA, doing cartoons, 
um, perhaps video games. I, I think I've narrowed it down to like if if like I want to do video games. I want to do it all. I want to do fucking everything under the sun, right? I want to be the voice of um, I don't know what what if I if there was a brand of something that I could be the voice of, what would I want to be the voice of? That's a good question. Toys, uh, specific toys, Hot Wheels, I loved as a kid. Um, I would love to be the voice of like, uh, like Diet Coke. If they had a special campaign just for Diet Coke, but that's not really a thing. Uh, you you don't ever see them like doing doing anything special for that. Um, Apple would be super fucking sweet if I could if I could voice an Apple commercial. Who that, that I I I'm a fan of the Apple products. I I've owned a lot of generations of the iPhone. Um, so I'll put that out into the universe. You know, Apple's a good company. PlayStation, you know, PlayStation or Xbox even. I had an Xbox 360. I had an Xbox, uh, the the original Xbox. Uh, made the switch over to PlayStation 4. So I, I like both of those, you know. So commercial-wise, I think, you know, things that I like. Things that I like. I've never really been much of a, uh, much of like a clothes guy. Like, I don't know. I really enjoy Nike's campaigns. Arby's I would fucking love to be a part of. I think that they're, they're shit. Um, just fast food campaigns in general I think would be fun. McDonald's, you know. I like Burger King. Like, all this shit that I'm, I haven't really been. Well, I have been eating it. I was about to say I, ha- I haven't been eating it. But I, I, I eat it without the bun when I'm in a pinch. And it's like, okay, well, I got to go. So, just no carbs still doing that keto. So that's, that's the, so that's the first basis, right? Is, is cartoons. What cartoons, um, stuff by, I, I, I would love to work with, you know, with, uh, uh, God, Andrea Romano, but she's retired now. She was the, the, um, casting director behind all of my favorite shows as a child, you know, Justice League, Batman, Superman, like all of the superhero shows. I fucking love the superhero shows. Um, I binge watched Teen Titans Go like a few months ago, like not even that long, like six months ago, six, seven months ago. Because I, I just, I loved the original Teen Titans. Um, to be a part of the DC animated universe, I, I, it, that is that is a goal. That is a goal. I don't, I don't give a shit what I am. I want to be a hero, though. I want to be a fucking hero. Can I be a hero? Do I have the voice of a hero? I think I have the voice of a hero. I think I could do that. I think it, I think I could be a good comic relief hero. Maybe like a Green Arrow, you know? Or like, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just throwing it out. Um, Dante Bosco DiMartino, like, um, the dudes, the dudes behind Avatar. Let's go with that. Dante, not Dante Bosco Di Martino. Dante, fuck, what is his name? Dante Bosco played Zuko in Avatar, The Last Airbender. Um, D- Dante, Michael Dante Di Martino. Damn it, I always forget the names. They're 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 confusing names, because it's it's long. But those guys, I want to work with those guys. The Avatar guys. Uh, I know I've said it on previous podcasts. Um, I'd like to do some dubbing. I'd, I'd love to do some anime dubbing. I know that. Um, it doesn't pay a lot. A lot of people have told me very specifically that the dubbing part does not pay a lot. Um, but it's the art in it. Like a buddy of mine, 
uh, I'm saying a buddy. Well, a buddy of mine also, he's also a buddy, but one of my mentors over at the studio, um, and great business mind uh, at the voice actor studio. Oh, look at this shirt I'm wearing. Boom. Uh, if you're not wearing the, if you're not wearing, if you're not watching the YouTube, then uh, then you just missed out on this awesome shirt opportunity. But the voice actor studio, the uh, the the husband of the woman who uh, is my mentor, he's a great business mind. Uh, he helped her out early on with a lot of business stuff in terms of how to get the business for the voiceover stuff. And uh, he he basically was like, oh well, you know, like. If you go into animation route, if you go into all this stuff, it, it's going to be more time to get the same amount of money as commercial. And I was just like, well, I, I'm fine with that. Like, this is the shit that wakes me up, you know, like, like th this is why I got into it. This is the shit that I really fucking want, like for good reasons. Like I was raised on television. I was raised on cartoons, you know, Teen Titans was something Teen Titans, Justice League, you know, I, I got through very hard times in my life. Avatar The Last Airbender, I, I I got through extremely hard times in my life where it felt like, man, nothing is going right for me. It, you know, um, my parents got divorced. I was, I was diagnosed with um, ADHD and anxiety and depression from a young age. <clears throat> uh, I, I wasn't good in school. I didn't have a lot of friends. Um... And life was difficult for me growing up. And it felt like all of my dreams were away from Hawaii. It felt like nothing that I wanted, there wasn't even a place for me to start to to, to do the things that I wanted to do back in Hawaii. And, you know, cartoons showed me, cartoons and the show Whose Line Is It Anyway, like, just brightened my day. And it got me through things. That's why I do improv now. It, it's... It's something inside of me that sparked that made me say, I want to do that and I want to make other people laugh and I want to make other people who might be feeling, you know, down or feeling upset or feeling like life doesn't have a good end to it. I, I, I want to help those people and just get them through a hard time. And nothing did that for me better than cartoons, video games, like, and I think a lot of people can relate to that. I'm just like one of the crazy people who said like, oh, well, that's the thing that made me feel happy when I, I was feeling really sad. So I think that that is what I would like to then in turn do for other people. And I just it, it, there was something magical about it, you know, about the whole idea of making somebody laugh. So I'm getting way off topic here. Sorry, I got a lot swimming around in my brain. It's it's 11:48 p.m. right now, and uh, I I I did not do everything that I was hoping to do today. So I'm a, I'm a little scatterbrained. Anyway, here's the point: um, setting goals specifically, right? Get into the animation. Get into get it. Just break into the field of voice acting in L.A. That's number one. Number two. Um, then be able to go around and use that clout to teach, uh, to teach voice acting and to be a positive voice and somebody who is, um, who really actually gives a fuck about giving back to the community and helping out. Like that's huge to me. That is a humongous, humongous thing. I think that there's a lot of teachers in any place that you go to, not just LA, but in any place, there are places that are built on just a school model and, 
you know, it's like we're going to make money off of the school, so I need to charge you a lot. And then, you know, not not uh, whether or not I give a shit about you, it's just a money thing. It's motivated by money, right? I think that there are a lot of teachers, a lot of places like that. The voice actor studio is not one of those places. Any place that I associate with is not one of those places. And so, um, yeah, I, 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 I would like to be a positive influence in that way and be a guy who made it and did it, you know, and is doing it teaching other people how to really make it and do it and and get there and go there um i just think that that's that's so valuable like that that's that's the value of my life i think is is going to be how much how many lives i can touch and how many how many people i can help and influence um in my life you know like people around me and 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 it, it, it gets difficult sometimes, but I, I want to reach more people. And that's a big part of why I want to get bigger. Cause I think my message is, is a positive one, which is go after your fucking dreams. Don't listen to the chatter and the noise, like work hard and you can do shit. That's a big thing that people need to hear. Sometimes people just need to fucking hear it. I was talking with one of my students today. I was teaching improv over at one of the high schools, I won't name the one, but, and she was like, I want to be an actress, and I'm, and I've, I've been coaching her for like three years now, three years, and I'm like, do stuff, like, go online, do stuff, you're 17, you got all this time, but, like, go and work, and she, she was so adverse to the working and throwing stuff out because of how people would view her, and I was like, fuck everybody else, who cares, who cares, you know what you're doing, like, you know what your dreams are. Why are you going to let other people influence what the fuck you want to do? That's insane to me. Who cares what anybody else says? Isn't isn't your happiness more important than the judgment of other people? Uh, uh, and, you know, she she we went back and forth at it because I'm, I'm, I'm just really I'm just I'm trying to guide her and not overstep a boundary, you know, because that's also a thing like I can't but she really wants it is she willing to work for it i don't know but if she if she develops a work ethic right cuz she's somebody that i i said also you have to work harder you don't come to all the practices you don't do all this stuff and i called her out and uh <laughs> she wasn't happy but i'm not here to bullshit people i don't know it's it's just i tried to say it nicely i was like you got to work you got to work really hard you got to work really hard to do this is what I saw was what I told her, which is true. I just want to influence more people like that. That's a big part of it. So I'm always going to be teaching, always, no matter how big, no matter how famous I could be, the, the fucking Tom Hanks of voiceover tomorrow, and that would not halt me from teaching. That's how much I fucking love teaching. Um, I would insist on making that a part of my schedule and turning down. Certain jobs, I get, you know, in the perfect world scenario, I'm going to be so busy that I'll be turning down jobs to be teaching. Like, yeah, I would make time to teach. Would I need to do that? I don't think I would need to do that. You know, most voiceover takes place in the daytime, early evening. I could teach night classes. Like, I, I, that's not, that's no problem to me. That's fun. Um, 
And then what I'd like to do is I'd like to spread that even further, and I'd like to go into the art of keynote speaking. So I would like to, you know, be speaking on large stages, um, going to conventions, being one of the being one of the convention people that like goes to these conventions and uh, and answers questions and and can really talk and and get in front of a, a, a wide audience of people live and just I don't know spread some positivity. <laughs> spread something, you know, I, 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 and these ambitions aren't small. These ambitions aren't small. So when I say that I could be working more and doing more stuff and, you know, I look back and I'm like, fuck, I did a lot, but you know, the, I, I spent, you know, I spent an hour and a half watching Netflix and I didn't need to fucking do that. I could have been doing something else. I, I'm a fucking, I, I do the same shit. I have the same struggles. I need to, I need to fix certain things about myself, like where I'm putting my time into, right? Because the better that I am now, the faster it will be that I get the things that I want. And while I understand, like, it's still a long ways out, what I'm talking about is like, maybe I can achieve the things I want in six years instead of 10. If I just if I work harder, you know. So there's that, man, I, I, and then, and then on top of that, I'd like to do a little bit of live performing. I don't, I don't know what capacity yet, but I think that that's also going to be a part of me. I think I'll do it at the cons though. I think that that's where the keynote stuff will kind of sort of come in, but I digress. I digress. I completely digress. Um, that's the goals. That is the journey. I look back. I look forward, actually, I look forward to being able to play that back uh, in a video where I'm just doing all of the shit that I'm doing. Like, that's that's this journey. That's this right here. Me looking back and being like, wow, I really fucking did well on some of, of the things and it didn't, it took me that long or it took me blah, blah, blah. Like, looking back at this shit is going to be very interesting to me, like after I've achieved all of the things that I want, you know, and then I have new things that I want, new mountains to climb, right? Like looking back at this moment where it's like, I'm finally at the base of the mountain where it's like, I can start climbing. I can start going. That's, that's, that's why I'm doing this podcast. Like I'm, I'm tracking the journey. I'm tracking this journey and you're, you're here with me. So you'll be able to see all of it. Um, Let's talk a little more. Let's talk. Uh, I'm doing keto. That's a that's that's what's right on the top of my mind because I made some keto lasagna for myself. I uh, I took a recipe online and then I I changed up some things which may or may not have been a positive effect. But they wanted to make this whole cauliflower noodle like l- uh, layer of like cauliflower noodles, and I I was just like, hmm, that's super important to me, or do I really just want fucking beef? and cheese for keto and it's like yeah i'm just gonna take beef and cheese so i did it i I basically did everything except for the cauliflower um that was that's supposed to emulate noodles um turned out okay turned out all right i don't think i drained enough of the fat from the from the beef when i was uh making or the the you know it was it wasn't completely dry and i think that affected a lot 
Um, so it came out. There's a little bit of mushiness, which I didn't thoroughly enjoy, but uh, the rest of it turned out pretty good and tasted pretty all right. I still have about two or three servings left, so I'll eat that up. And then I bought a big thing of beef because it was like half off for this five-pound bag of beef, uh, ground beef. So uh, more experimentation. I only used maybe maybe about 40% of the bag, so I got I got a little bit more to play around with here. Um, so, yeah, I've been trying to cook more, cook better, um, experimenting with steaks, experimenting with... Uh, with how to make a good steak, which very helpful tips online that I got. Um, so many, in fact, I, I put it out on um, on a Facebook group that I'm a part of and got so many responses back. I'm, I, I have yet to buy enough steaks to try all of the answers out. It's looking like the best way is just to straight up just hot pan salt pepper both sides let it sit for a little bit boom throw it on and then take it off you know fucking boom you know two sides take it off let it sit for 10 minutes and let it cook on the insides and then and then you're off to the races but you know i uh i don't really uh i I don't really like dealing with all the smoke that comes with that so that's like one of the only shitty things it's like there is a fair amount of smoke so I'm, I'm trying other stuff with like cooking it with butter and stuff that that hopefully will will circumvent that problem but anyway uh that's enough about keto let's uh, what's been going on the play's been going on i just had the last three days off so monday tuesday wednesday i've had off tomorrow we have the show uh and then friday they have something going on called first friday or the first friday of every month they do something at the theater that we're a part of so um no show on that friday um and and people probably wouldn't want to come because it would be too fucking way insane so yeah uh so yeah the show resumes tomorrow night um friday night i'm teaching uh the first of a four-week improv course i am super fucking excited for that just like to the max you have no clue how excited i am to be teaching this at the studio Uh, i always love these four week courses it looks like i have about 12 people in already which is a good amount for an improv uh little group so yeah four week course begins um what else what the fuck else has been happening the plays have been happening um Two days ago, or yesterday, I uh, I went to go watch a keynote speech by one of the guys in my class. He's an Olympic gold medalist uh, in BMX. Uh, his name's Connor Fields. He's uh, just a just a cool fucking dude. Like the first time I met him, maybe about seven eight months ago in another class that I was doing. Um, because I I went in as a teacher in that class um, to teach some improv stuff. And this dude is just the most humble fucking guy of all time. I'm like, oh, cool, man. What do you do? And he's like, I'm an athlete. And I was like, oh, kick ass, dude. Like, what do you, like, what kind of, what, what type of stuff do you do? And he's like, I, I do, um, I don't know. It's, do you know what BMX is? I was like, fuck yeah, I know what BMX is. That's tight. He's like, not everybody knows. So it's like, it's weird to, <laughs> he's just like talking about it. And I'm, 
And then somebody else has to tell me, you know, he's he won a gold medal at the Olympics. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? You fucking won a gold medal at the Olympics? He's like, yeah, you know, like, yeah. And I was like, you fucking start with that. I was like, why aren't you wearing the medal right now? It was it was, it was a whole fun conversation. But um, we finally we, we, we got to reconvene and re-meet. Actually, that was probably about a year ago that I met him. Um, about three months ago, at the start of this class that I was a student in. I also did some improv in it, but I was a student in this class. And uh, I've been learning a lot about keynote speaking because it's something that in the future I would like to get into. So... That's the plan, you know, I'm seeing the plan and I'm putting myself in the position to really start making some moves, you know, with with what I with what I'm trying to do and what and and to back it up with the work that I'm doing. Um, So this dude gave a speech on Tuesday morning to a for a corporate gig. Uh, He's been working at this speech for like almost two years and he was fucking phenomenal just phenomenal his speech was just well prepared well memorized he he just laid it out man and he killed it like you got laughs where people were supposed to get laughs like people were super attuned in the entire time to every word he was saying about his journey to the um to getting to winning an olympic gold to being the number one fucking bmx racer in the world. That's what it is. A gold medal. That's the gold medal. Out of 7 billion people, you are the best BMX racer. That's just that's just it. Out of 7 billion people. He, we were joking and he was laughing about it. But he was like, he was in the previous Olympics. He was in the 2012 Olympics in London. And uh, he got 7th place in the Olympics. Um, and... <laughs> He was like, people don't have enough respect for that. And I was like, I totally, 100% get what you're saying. And he was like, yeah, people in America just have, like, gold fever. Like, if you didn't place gold, then it's like, even if you have a a, a fucking award, even if you've placed in the top three, right? Even if you are in the top seven, that really means that you're in the top, you're the number seven fucking BMX racer in the world. You're you're in the billionth percentile. Like, isn't that insane? But all anyone cares, oh, what medal did you get? Oh, you didn't get a medal? Oh, I guess you're not that good then. Well, fuck you. You're better than everyone except for six people. You're, yeah, I, I, what the fuck? Ugh, yeah, so this dude's cool. He, he killed the speech. I was so happy to see him because I remember him from a year ago and, uh, Man, just marked improvement, and he he's doing it. He's out there fucking doing it. He's just living life, and he's he's taking every fucking thing that he needs to do, and he's going and he's fucking doing it. Like, what what else can you say? What else can you say about work ethic like that? There's nothing else you can say. Um, results are results, man. And he he just he was the best. He was he was he was just he he was tops. He, he was top dog and fucking you could not argue that he knew he he just he's I have such respect for that dude. I asked him if he'd be on the podcast. He agreed. So uh, stay tuned for that. I might have a an Olympic gold medalist on the I, I, I fucking hate doing that and saying that too. like 
because I'm sure everybody like we went to this thing and and just like the whole like after the speech was over, people were like, can I take a picture with you? And he brought his gold medal with him to, you know, of course you show it. You show that thing fucking off to everybody who's there. So so we're sitting there and everybody who fucking came up was like, oh, can you take out the gold medal, though? So it's like this dude just get, delivered this heartwarming speech about how he went from writing this this premonition out on his wall to, you know, fucking winning it all and, and being a gold medal champion and beating out everyone else in the entire fucking world. And, like, it's him. But all anyone cared about, like, not all anyone cared about, but they were like, can you can you have the medal out? And it's just like, everybody did that, and I saw how many people did it, and I was like, fuck. Like, this guy's walking through life, and, like, all anybody is saying, and I realized in that moment, like, oh, that's why he didn't tell me he was, like, an Olympic. That's why he didn't say it, is because everybody else says it for him. And, like, that's got to be tough. That's got to be really tough. I mean, there's way worse things to be associated with, for sure, right? Than, than being the goal. But but to just be boiled down to that, I think is... So I I, I hate the idea of... of Because it, it, it's almost like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm only here because of your gold medal. And really, he's just a good fucking dude. Like, I, I instantly liked him before, like, when I was just like, BMX is fucking badass, and we were just, like, hanging out, um, dude, it's, it's, yeah, but I'm sure a lot of people perk up, and, oh, oh, gold medal winner, my, my goodness, well, oh, I better, I better treat you nicer, I don't know what the fuck that is, there's, that's like the Superman syndrome, right, like, I, like, yeah, that whole thing's, that whole thing, I, I get it, so I'm, I'm, as much as I was joking about, yeah, he's a gold medal winner, no big deal. Like, it, it, you know, he's a human. He's a person. And I, I, I hate that I let that slip. Like, that's a bit that I just, I honestly, I just let slip because it's like, that is, it's cool. Yeah, that's a part of it. He's, he's a gold medal winner. But also, he's just a really cool fucking dude. So, um, yeah, that's got to be a weird life to live, to like win an Oscar or like, you know, like just win, like winning at a top field of anything, and then you're just like, yeah, I'm, I'm that, and then people want to. I almost feel like people want to define you by that, and it's like, no, dude, like I'm a human being. Like it was the me, it was the human who got to that point, and then I just happened to win this humongous thing. Like it, 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 I'm not different. Like I'm a person. Uh, I don't know. Just how how much that changes things is 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 really weird to me and I wonder what that's going to be like for me once I'm once I'm you know the voice of blank and blank or the the person who is blank and blank I'll lean into it because I don't give a fuck like yeah I'm the voice of the new avatar or whatever <laughs> whatever the fuck it is like wow that would be cool first of all that would be really really cool um yeah I'd be talking about that everywhere I go what do you do? I'm a voice actor. Oh, have I heard you or anything? Yeah, maybe the voice of the Avatar. Maybe you've heard. I don't know. I don't know. And then people be like, uh, I don't know what that is. Just <laughs> be like, fuck you. Um, sorry, I got off on a tangent there. So, yeah, 
it's it's been really cool. Like last week, Friday was the last of the. Oh, and I talked about it. I talked about it on the podcast. So what's even happened? What happened Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday? Um, yeah, just more of more of kicking ass, taking names. Um, uh, yeah. Tomorrow's the show. I'm excited for it. Uh, excited to get back on my feet. Got some good reviews, which was really fucking cool. Um, let's turn to Twitter. Let's see what Twitter has. Let's see what Twitter news is going on, huh? Shall we? Okay. Toy Story 4 stars share an emotional behind-the-scenes look at their final recording day. Tom Hanks, Tim Allen, and Tony Hale pulled at more than a few heartstrings when they paid tribute to the iconic Disney Pixar franchise on their final day of recording. Tim Allen says, I finished finished my buzz for Toy Story 4 today and it got emotional. Wonderful full body story. You're all going to love the work this incredible team at Pixar created. We are all going to love this story. Man, it's got everything. Uh, Tom Hanks, final line, final session as Woody of Toy Story 4. We rode like the wind to infinity and beyond. Damn. Well, um, what's weird to me is that uh, I'm seeing a picture, but it's like everybody, it's like not the emotional behind the scenes look that I had thought of. It's just like a silly goof picture. It's like, look, we're all goofs. Look at us all being regular people goofs. I'm the same as you and anyone else. We're just goofs. Look at us. Um, so, yeah, I don't really know what's so fucking emotional. Like, that. that's just an awful article. That was a clickbaity article because I thought I was about to see, like, a fucking video or some shit that was or just anything really. And all it is is a goofy picture. It's just a goofball picture. So you got me, Twitter. You got me on that. You you cashed in on my nostalgia and my love of it. Oh, boy. KFC is testing out a fried chicken Cheeto sandwich. Just in time for me to fucking give up all uh, of the best fucking foods. All right. Yesterday, the chicken sandwich will include actual Cheetos and a cheese. It better. I mean, uh, <laughs> it better. If you, it, what? Why would you call it the Cheetos sandwich and use fake Cheetos? That's the... Uh, why would... Okay, I guess it had to be said in case somebody was skeptical and was like, I bet there's not even real Cheetos. <laughs> so I don't know why the the fat guy in my head sounds like that. I want real Cheetos. Uh, and they don't even have real Cheetos. This is a travesty. <laughs> That's fucking dumb. Um, okay. Made out of uh, actual Cheetos and a cheesy sauce made out of the crunchy snacks. Oh, boy. That sounds like instant diarrhea. But it will only be available in some southern states for now. I'm looking at the picture. Holy shit. This thing looks amazing. It's just an orange cheese sauce over the... Who wouldn't want just that sauce? For real. For real. If you've ever eaten Cheetos, who's never thought, what if this was an actual just cheese sauce? Oh, my God. I'm going to fucking die. 
I'm going to fucking die. Oh. Oh. I hate what I'm about to say, but this is a thought that just occurred in my head. I want to go there. I want to get, like, the grilled chicken and just just ask them to pour the sauce on the grilled chicken. On the grilled chicken that I can't have a sandwich of because it's bread but or nor Cheetos, but... God, oh, they're just, they just know their demographic. They know the demographic. KFC really is on brand with this because the only person who would eat Cheetos, a sandwich made of, with Cheetos cheese on a chicken that you then make into a sandwich with actual Cheetos is somebody who uh, uh, is willing to make a mistake, commit through with that mistake, feel awful about it, but then return for that same fucking mistake. And that's the actual, that is like literally the MO of KFC goers. I, you have like, I don't know that I've ever eaten KFC and afterwards thought, wow, what a good idea that was. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, like it's, it's definitely a mistake. Oh, I miss their old. You know what though? I I their old twisters, which was a uh, it was like a, a a tortilla, warm tortilla, with chicken inside, with like a ranch, like a creamy ranch sauce, with lettuce and tomato and uh, chicken fingers. And fuck, was that good? That was the crown jewel of KFC. They have not served that in probably like ten fucking years. Not since I left Hawaii. I don't think they've served that. The Twister was the shit. It was amazing. I went back like a year or two ago. I was like, do you have the Twister? They're like, what? (laughs) Like it predated them. Now they got the Cheetos sandwich. Remember the double down? Like they just don't give a fuck. Like the double down just seemed like a mistake on all charges. The fucking KFC double down. Um, But they're genius because they know their demographic is people who are going to be willing to try something outrageous. Something out, and they were just, they're sitting in the boardroom, and they're like, guys, chicken sales, oh, they're probably all Southern, I say, fellas, the chicken sales happen to be going down this month, and uh, I'm wondering if there's maybe something that we can do about it. I'm just a fine Southern gentleman. (laughs) I don't know why. There's probably just owned by some corporation now. There's probably just some dude named like Steve, Steve Jonesington, who like owns KFC. <laughs> it hasn't been owned by Southerners for forever. But my point is, they're just like, oh, well, I suppose I got an idea. He's got like a fan. He's like, I've got, I've got an idea on this hot summer eve. My idea is this: what if? You know how people enjoy Cheetos? <laughs> Somebody's eating a Cheetos bag. Mm-hmm, yeah, I agree with that. Well, what happens if we take the Cheetos and get this, put it inside of the fucking sandwich? <laughs> and people were like, they either stood up and applauded, laughed outrageously, or thought it was the dumbest idea of all time. And then after everyone was done fucking laughing, they're like, you know what? The people who eat here, they'd probably fucking love that shit. I bet you they would. They'd fucking, oh man, the fucking slobs who eat at this place. No, I'm not, I'm not trying to bash KFC. I like KFC. I do. 
I'm just saying that I personally have never thought afterwards that it had been a good idea to go to KFC. <laughs> it doesn't agree with me. But that's beside the point. Good for you, KFC. You're, that marketing shit, that's, I mean, that alone. You got to the top of Twitter news, so, you know, what the, what the fuck else are you going to do? Um, let's see. What else is going? Um, Ricky Gervais says there's never been a better time to wind people up. The comedian followed up his criticism of outrage culture by claiming that people are going to be offended either way. Ricky Gervais, I really don't understand why comedians moan about outrage culture. There's never been a better time to wind people up. Um, somebody said, you're right, Ricky, but I think part of the reason why they complain about it is because once they make a statement that winds people up, they get publicly shamed, made to issue apologies, and even blacklisted. A comedian's job is to find the line and push it. To which Ricky says, exactly, I'm saying don't complain about people being offended. Ignore them or offend them some more. They're going to be offended anyway. Give them what they want. Outrage culture is an outgrowth. Somebody else says outrage culture is an outgrowth of freedom of speech. If one person can say it, others can register any displeasure with it. If it affects a career, it means consensus can't get on board at present. And very few outrage-based cases actually end up in court. Um, Ricky Gervais. Yep, it's a good system. Oh man. And then he and then he posts a picture of his newest Netflix special. Um man, it's tough. It's tough being if you're not a big comedian, like if you're a big comedian, right, and you're saying something that people don't like and you've been established, like now, sure, you can say more stuff. Um, as long as the intent is there to not offend people, like hopefully your point comes across. And what your point is, is, is stronger. But top of that, if you're a comedian nowadays, right, and you're trying to come up and it's like you have to tiptoe because a lot of those opportunities are going to be from comedy clubs. And are, if somebody complains to the comedy club, hey, that comedian offended me, right, with that joke, then if you don't have a long-standing relationship with the comedy club, you're probably not going to be asked to come back and so then it's like well fuck like do you want me to just be clean like which is what everybody says be clean you know have a clean set and i don't believe in that either because some people are clean some people like brian reagan i feel like he's just in that mode and he's benefited from it sure he's madly talented but that's just him but then there's other people like bill burr and his voice is equally important, I think, to the to the culture and to the, to to the community and to the zeitgeist of all that exists, right? I think that the the voice of a madman is also equally important. The voice of a madman who makes sense, who's very rational, who's actually thinking, a thinking man, willing to offend. But would he have been able to come up now? Would Bill Burr, as we know, Bill Burr? Now, because he built his way up into becoming the guy that could say whatever he wanted to and then rode that wave, could he exist now? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. 
I'm feeling, I'm feeling, and and I think that a lot of people are like, well, isn't it just easy to, to maybe just be nicer with your comedy, or maybe it's, maybe it's better to just, you know, maybe you just don't say, you know, the maybe you just don't say this joke, but that's a slippery slope, because then it's like if you if you are not willing to risk a joke not landing correctly right because you because you're you're then you're then you're shutting down an entire perspective maybe an important perspective because you're afraid of what might happen and now people are taking the side of you know the the voice of a few because now the internet you can just go complain about the comedian and you know mention the comedy club that you saw them at and the the comedy club will be like, well, you know, if they're not savvy, then they might be like, well, you know, this guy, we gave him a shot and one person was offended. You know, far be it from them to examine that there's, you know, there's a, 300 other people that came those three nights and one was offended. But, you know, and that's not to say that sometimes there is just generally offensive stuff that's being said with weird intent, but it's like a comedy club. You know, it's, that's, that's a part of it is like, that's, that's, you, you can, as long as it's funny, as long as you're producing comedy, that's what the club is there for. So it's like this, this bastion of, of, you can, you know, say what you want, as long as it's funny, as long as it's getting laughs. And the, the, the thing is, not everybody's going to fucking laugh. Not every single person's going to laugh at anything. So. It's like if you got offended by something and you and it's outrage, then you could really fuck up like someone's relationship with that club. And that's not to say that people, you know, I've seen tons of comedians cross a line and it's like, dude, like you didn't like what you're saying is actually just like really hateful. Like what you're actually saying is just hateful. Like I've seen that like comedians getting aggressive and it's just not out of a place of I'm trying to make you laugh, you know, a lot, of, a lot of open mics and people that are just generally shitheads that are, you know, trying to trying to be shocking or or maybe there's a part of them that actually believes something that's not, you know, that's just not good, but you know, I it it, it but the, but those people don't work. You know what I mean? Like those people and it sounds like I'm contradicting myself. Let me let me make it clear. Let me make it absolutely clear here. Um, there's a difference between saying something because you you feel like on a stage where they give you five minutes of time and you can just say anything and your intent is just to speak your mind about an issue or whatever because you, you just you, you fucking want to talk to this in front of, you know, in front of a bunch of strangers. There's a difference between that and a difference between... I want to talk about this subject that's very touchy, but I think that there's comedy in this and that this can actually get laughs because I believe that my perspective on this isn't coming from a place of hate and it's not coming from a shitty place. It's it's coming from just I, I want to make people laugh and this is my perspective on this and I think that it's funny. That's different. So I don't know. I don't know if anybody gives a fuck about any of the shit I just said. It's just weird. It's just weird looking at comedians now and thinking about... Because I gave it up really... 
now about a year and a half ago. And now it feels like it's just like it, it feels like it's a m- million years ago because of how much changed, how much has changed and how I don't know. I don't know. It helped that I was Asian, that I wasn't just some white dude going up on stage and I could talk about whatever. But I even felt it. I I started feeling it. And it wasn't that people were getting offended. It was people getting feeling like they they should be offended. That makes sense. I used to tell a joke. Um, I used to tell a joke, uh, and this is out of context. I, I built into it, but I said, um, I said, man, like, you know, it's tough being Asian. Like, I, 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 you know, there's certain things you can't do. Like, I could never marry a Mexican woman, no matter how sexy I think Mexican women are, because if an Asian man and a Mexican woman have a baby, it'll come out Filipino. Uh, <laughs> That still makes me laugh. And it's so true. Like, I have Filipino friends that I fucking... We just joke around about that type of shit all the time. But, like, I would tell that joke. And there's no, like... There's no hatred in my heart for... And, like, I grew up with Filipino, like, everything. Like, I was I was covered in just, like... Everybody thought my mom was Filipino. I'm, I'm like... I grew up in Hawaii with all this stuff. I feel like there were people... Who, who don't, who didn't even know what Filipino people were and were getting like, they, I would get a laugh, but then people would be like, oh, like, like it was a weird noise. It was like a noise, like, ooh, maybe I shouldn't laugh at this because it's, ooh, like it's, ooh, maybe somebody's Filipino. Like it was never, like, I, to- I would tell that joke and Filipino people in the audience would come after the show and shake my hand. And like, even if I wasn't the headliner, they'd spend more time with me than the headliner. And they'd be like, He'd be like, "Hey, dude, that uh, that line—it's totally true, but uh, but fuck you, dude." <laughs> like, we'd be shaking hands, and I'd be, "Dude, it's, it's just—it hits. It would hit, and it, it like if I said that joke in a room full of Filipino people, I guarantee you it would bring it down, bring down the house." Um, it's it's just that's 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 me me. <laughs> That joke, that joke was like just so like it, I I felt it because the only people I would look into the audience and the only people who would like be like oh like were were the were, they were like not Filipino people mostly white people it's just it was like because I think that there's like a feeling of guilt like oh no I better not laugh at that what if what if a Filipino person sees me laughing at that and thinks that I'm racist? Like, it's tough. It's tough being white. I, I'll say that. It's tough being white right now. Because it's like, God, you can't... How hard is it to not offend somebody? You know? I can empathize with that. I can I can really empathize with that. Because... And we're going... Coming into a generation where it's like... Mm, woof. Yeah, white people run the world. And, you know, I'll remember slavery. And just, you know... All this shit out there that's, uh, I, 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 I can empathize. I can empathize deeply with with why that's even happening too and why the outrage culture exists is because it's like, it, it, it's it's a swing in the complete opposite direction of like, you know, of uh, in reaction to a lot of what's going on and a lot of Donald Trump stuff. Like, you know, it, it it's... But it's swinging, uh, the pendulum swing very far, I think, into the, we're getting offended by a lot of different things. Um, Somebody told me an interesting perspective, which is that there's a lot of young people 
on social media that are in outcry about this. And uh, that's what a lot of people are worried about are millennials. And he was like, well, fucking we're not the same people. You know, they're, they're, we're talking about college age, 21, 22 year olds that are, are getting upset about this stuff. And he's like, I'm 26. And like, I like I'm so different from who I was when I was 21, 22. Like I was, I'm such a different person. So yeah, it, it's, uh, <laughs> it's pretty interesting. It's pretty, pretty, pretty fucking interesting to, to watch this now as an outsider. Cause now it's like, I'm just getting paid to like, say exactly what somebody wants me to say. I'm doing the acting bit. Uh, I missed the part of it where I got to say what I really wanted to say, but that's why I'm doing this. That's why I'm doing the podcast. And I hope that none of this is being taken the wrong way. Um, you know, anything that I say, you know, how many people, how many people would say all the things that I just said and then edit that out of the podcast? I'm not going to, I'm not going to, cause like, this is my real shit. I'm giving you the real me. And I hope that the the intention of what I'm saying doesn't come across in any in any way that seems malicious. It's it's this is just thoughts that I'm having, and it, it's tough being a comedian. It's tough. It's very tough because you gotta you gotta be willing to speak your truth. And people who have a truth in that are a certain way with their truth, like their truth, can be more successful than someone else's truth. So there's, 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 there's an element of that to it too. And it, it's just rough. It's just really rough. All right. Pierre Maguire has cringeworthy exchange with USA gold medalist, Kendall Coyne Schofield, Schofield. Let's see. Coyne Schofield made her NBC SN broadcasting debut on Wednesday night hockey and immediately had an awkward discussion with Pierre Maguire, who told her, we're paying you to be an analyst tonight, not a fan. Coin Schofield was named a guest analyst after becoming the first woman to compete in the NHL All-Star Skills Competition last Saturday. That's funny. Please send me this Pierre Coin cringe. Okay. Um, we're paying you to be an analyst tonight, not a fan. Um, I don't know. I, I really don't feel like that was that cringeworthy. If I'm being honest, I'm I'm looking at a bunch of people who are. Who are like, <laughs> uh, dude, yeah, I, I, I just, I don't know that that was cringeworthy. That just feels like, I don't know, maybe he was trying to, he's smiling as he's saying this too. He's kind of, he's kind of got like a little smirk. So I feel like he was trying to make a joke and the joke just didn't work. And now people are like, what a fucking asshole. And there are other people who are like, he's not an asshole. You're an asshole. This is the pow. 
she wasn't being talked down to the same take the same exact actions but replace her with a guy and it wouldn't be a problem everyone was way too butthurt about this whole ordeal wow hello twitter hello hello twitter um <laughs> a lot of just a lot of big um i don't, I don't know that one I'll call that one I'll totally just call overreaction in my opinion. I, I think that was an overreaction. I don't the cringeworthy moment. Cringeworthy. Like I thought that you know what's cringeworthy? Shitting your pants on stage. That's cringeworthy. That's like, ooh, you eh, that made me cringe. That was just like if I watched that in a thing, I wouldn't even pay a second thought to it. It would be like, oh, cool, okay, cool, whatever. Like he's he made it looked like he made just a bad joke. It just looked like he was trying to be funny, and he failed. That's all it seemed like. It it just seemed like he was trying to make a a dumb joke, and we're paying you to be a to be a, a, an analyst, not a fan tonight. So that's the team over there. That's the team over there. Uh. But that's just my opinion. I don't know. Maybe somebody else is like, this is outrageous. I mean, on the inside, she might have been like, this is the fucking most unprofessional. And I'm saying this, and I'm not a fan of hockey or whatever. I don't know what the normal shit is, but, like, I could imagine two NFL, you know, announcers like one of them joking and being like hey hey hey, you might be you might be for you know you might be from san francisco but you can't root for him tonight you're you're an analyst not a fan you know i can see two nfl guys like rattling shit off like that i i I just like having having a little goofball fun you know but maybe maybe she didn't take it as a goof and maybe that guy was was actually trying to be an asshole maybe or not trying to be an asshole but maybe he was actually meaning it it didn't if i looked at his face it doesn't it doesn't look like there's any part of it that's like where he's like upset or like being an asshole it feels like he was just trying to make a joke um and i don't know i could be wrong what the fuck do i know anyways on on that very unfunny note let me let me do this commercial for oh for the Cheetos fried chicken sandwich. I need to do that. This commercial, hey KFC, this one's on me. Okay. KFC Cheetos sandwich. Okay. Um mm, it's gooey. It's delectable. It's the Cheeto sandwich from KFC. That's right. Now. <laughs> no, you know what? I, I, I'm starting over. I don't know why I didn't think about it. They always do the colonel. The colonel's always talking about it. All right. Hey, it's the colonel here from KFC, Colonel Sanders. Hey, do you like some uh, chicken? Well, what else do you like? Just name the first thing that you pick up in the middle of an Overwatch match, and then you'll... Oh, what's that? Cheetos? You fucking asshole. (laughs) Oh, you like Cheetos, do you? Well, now we've crumpled up Cheetos, put it into a cheese sauce, and put it on the chicken. And then we went ahead and put actual Cheetos, not those fake Cheetos, inside of a sandwich called the Cheeto Sandwich. Inventive name. Great marketing. 
Thanks, team. Hey, come down to KFC now. We're in select locations, which is the south, where people might actually be willing to put this shit inside of their stomachs. Come on down and get your Cheeto sandwich. Now, only $2.99. That's right, we're practically giving away this diabetes. Anyways, come on down. KFC. Mm-mm. Finger looking good. Finger licking good. Hey, KFC, hire me, won't you? I'm not doing a good job. I'm not doing a good job of getting people to hire me with this. That, that KFC would probably be very upset. I'm sorry, KFC. If you got upset at that, if you got upset at that, take a chill pill. It's outrage culture, KFC. Don't calm down. Calm down, KFC. I love KFC. Remember the Twister? I've been a longtime fan of KFC. In Hawaii, that's like one of the few places you can go to get some quality fried chicken. That's not a that's not an over exaggeration. We don't have a lot of other shit. And a lot of Hawaiian a lot of the food restaurants are just Hawaiian food or Asian food. So I ate whenever I felt like getting delicious fried chicken, guess what? It was with your spices, Colonel. Uh yeah. It was across from the mall, Pearl Ridge that I used to go to a bunch. And whenever I could, even though it was across from the mall and not in the mall, I would go and walk over there. To eat KFC. So that's my story. Don't judge a book by its cover. KFC. Kentucky fried chicken. All right. All right. <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, I appreciate you listening. As always, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, you know what? I, I got to call myself out on this shit. I, for, I keep forgetting to send the stickers not forgetting it's just i i keep getting into busy situations fuck and i need to do that i need to send out the stickers please 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 if you're listening please resend me your address and i will send you a hand-drawn uh letter as well i still have the bulk of them but please like resend it to me because if i forget then i'm gonna feel fucking awful so this is my plea please resend out the address so i can send you a bung sticker as well as a thank you for listening um this has been another episode of the brent mukai podcast uh i would i would so so greatly appreciate it if you could um give a review of the podcast on wherever you're listening to the podcast um let me know how you're doing and i mean honestly just just talk to me like there's nothing worse than going onto social media and not having anybody talking to you. And luckily, I don't have to deal with that because y'all are here and, you know, we're chilling. I restarted up the morning mukais, which a lot of people have been digging, so that's cool. Um, so, yeah, that's it. No big call to action. No, no, nothing crazy. Thanks for listening. I super appreciate it. Love you guys. Mwah! Brent Mukai, voice actor, improv trainer, entertainer. It rhymes. Get over it. I'll see you next time.